Last week, on Monday, July 4th, 2022, General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, the leader of Sudan's coup and current government, made a surprise announcement that the military will allow political and revolutionary forces to form a civilian transitional government, a demand made for months by street protesters and repeatedly called for by the international community. However, there's much skepticism surrounding Burhan's announcement as it comes after nearly nine months of severe repression and violence by security forces against protesters and pro-democracy groups who have repeatedly taken to the streets calling for the military's immediate departure from power. Hello, my name is Audrey Bolas, and I'm the Senior Programs and Communications Associate at the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy, also known as TIMEUP. To unpack the implications of Burhan's recent announcement, today I'm joined by my colleague Hamid Khalafallah. Hamid is a non-resident fellow at the Tahrir Institute, focusing on inclusive governance and mobilization in Sudan. Hamid, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Audrey, for having me. Firstly, can you elaborate on the announcement itself? Hamid, what do we know about the power and reach of Burhan's proposed Supreme Military Council? So the military announced that they will withdraw from uh, political talks, uh, giving space for civilians to uh, convene and discuss among themselves. Uh, and they also suggested that they will establish a Supreme Council for uh, Armed Forces, which will be in charge of defense and security, in addition to other relevant issues, as uh, mentioned in the statement. However, we know from uh, leak, uh, other, uh, other sources that leaked information that this Supreme Military Council will also uh, oversee foreign relations and also be have control over the Central Bank of Sudan and other uh, economic files and other executive matters. So this is clearly not uh, a council that's only focusing on uh, security and defense. However, the overall statement is uh, you know, a clear announcement that the coup has failed and the military is, is admitting to that. But there is a lot of skepticism around it and people are not, uh, you know, people in the streets, including the resistance committees and the forces uh, from for freedom and change, the FFC, do not believe that is a genuine intention to relinquish power. Uh, this is basically because the military has a lot of uh, economic interests that they would want to protect. And they're also very keen to avoid facing justice and accountability. And we have seen how violence against uh, protesters had continued after General Burhan's uh, announcement. But the most important point is that this very uh, civilian political talks that they have uh, uh, you know, left for civilians to, uh, to discuss uh, internally and so on is uh, swamped by pro-military groups and uh, Islamist groups that they have uh, made sure uh, they become part of the process throughout the past few months. Uh, and these groups obviously have no interest in supporting a democratic transition uh, in Sudan and would very much push for a pro-military outcome. So how can you see Burhan's decision to withdraw from the tripartite talks undermining or affecting any progress made so far by the Forces for Freedom and Change? Um, can you tell us about their position on Burhan's announcement as well? So before delving into FFC's uh, position, the announcement, yes, it does undermine some of the progress that was made, but it also attempts to redefine the whole context in Sudan and the whole crisis in Sudan by trying to imply that it's uh, a conflict between civilian groups 
ignoring the fact that this crisis is caused by the military coup that General Burhan and his uh, colleagues launched uh, last year in October 25th. Uh, but like you said, it, it doesn't undermine whatever progress was achieved through the talks, the informal direct talks that the FFC had uh, with the military that were mediated by the Assistant Secretary of State uh, for African Affairs of the United States and also the Saudi ambassador, where FFC suggested that there was some progress and a bit of optimism about how these talks were progressing. Now all of that is out of the window. So, Hamid, can you tell me, last, um, what role should international partners play now that this decision has been made? Should they continue to support the tripartite mechanism? Should they pivot in some way? Should something else happen? How do you see the path forward now? So, as matters uh, currently stand, uh, the tripartite mechanism uh, mediated by the UN, the African Union, and the EGAD is the only game in town, uh, really. Uh, so, uh, it, it should be supported. However, it cannot continue in the same format and the same structure it has been uh, operating. International actors, uh, international governments, uh, the UN and other actors should push for this uh, mechanism to be reformed uh, in a genuine and radical way where this talks that they uh, convene would support a pro-democracy outcome, which is what all of us, I think, uh, globally want. However, it continues uh, this uh, this way. It will not serve any uh, any any pro democracy outcomes. And also, international actors should refrain from pushing for stability at the expense of democracy because this is very short sighted. Uh, so the mechanism should be supported and should be supported to serve a pro democracy outcome. Thank you so much, Hamid, for being here today. My pleasure.